Welcome to Shelf Logic, the official podcast of the Maricopa County Library District. Hello and welcome to Shelf Logic. My name is Sierra. I'm Caroline. I'm Alexis. And today we are here at Southeast Regional Library and we are going to be reviewing and discussing three middle grade to early high school uh, reads that we've all read. Well, we haven't all read each of them, but each of us has read one recently. So we're going to go ahead and get started. I'll kick us off. Um, I read a graphic novel called Big Apple Diaries by Alyssa Bermudez, um, and this is the Goodreads description. In Big Apple Diaries, a diary-style graphic memoir by Alyssa Bermudez, a young New Yorker doodles her way through middle school until the September 11, 2001 terrorist attack leaves her wondering if she can ever be a kid again. It's the year 2000 in New York City. For 12-year-old Alyssa, this means splitting time between her Puerto Rican dad's apartment in Manhattan and her white mom's new place in Queens, navigating the trials and tribulations of middle school and an epic crush on a new classmate. The only way to make sense of all of this is to capture the highs and lows in doodles and hilarious comics in her diary. Then life abruptly changes on September 11, 2001. After the Twin Towers fall and so many lives are lost, worries about gossip and boys feel distant and insignificant. Alyssa must find a new sense of self and purpose amidst all the chaos and find the strength to move forward with hope. So I uh, picked this up. If you've listened to any of our other podcasts, you know that I am a big fan of graphic novels, but also um, like epistolary diary style books. Um, if you've listened to the podcast, you've heard me rant and rave about um, um, Not American Girl, Dear America books. <laughs> so this one uh, checked a lot of boxes for me. Um, I also was a kid that grew up in the state of New York, not in New York City. Um, so having grown up like a little bit closer to 9-11 was like, I have always had kind of an interest in reading about 9-11 and other people's experiences with it. So like I said, checked a lot of boxes for me. Um, so my good, my Goodreads review of it, um, I said this was an excellent coming of age graphic novel. I related so deeply to Alyssa's seventh and eighth grade struggles, including accidentally dyeing my hair orange. Um, there's a whole kind of arc about Alyssa going over to a friend's house and using like, she says, oh, it's hydrogen peroxide. She thinks, oh. she's like, oh, it's like sun in, it'll just lighten my hair. No, it made her hair orange. <laughs> um, and I said, well, I was younger than Alyssa on 9-11, so much of what she wrote, and as the author acknowledges in her note, so much of what her peers wrote and recollected uh, rang true for me too, even though I didn't live in New York City. I think this is a great read for people who were kids um, on 9-11, but all but especially important for kids who were not born yet or are too young to remember how much changed on that day. Um, so I really love when new books are coming out aimed at like the elementary, middle grade um, kind of age group, and I guess high school now too, um, because we have this generation of kids that did not live through 9-11 and did not um, you know, either watch it on TV or hear about it or have their parents talk to them about it. So. It's kind of, which is kind of wild to people like us who were alive and might remember it. And I don't know, it's just so it's weird to me to know that there are kids out there like that didn't have the same experience that some of us did. Um, so I really appreciate books like this that provide that insight. And especially with this one in a way that was like real and honest and raw, but not necessarily scary. Um, because I think there was enough fear surrounding that. And when you talk to people who were kids and grew up during that time, like we 
we were scared. It was a scary, it was a weird time. So I like these books that, you know, don't lighten any of the gravity of that day and don't lighten any of the like consequences of things like that, but that are still like lighthearted and surrounded by like good positive things and like very recognizable and relatable things that still kind of speak to the importance of that day. So yeah, I really liked it. I thought that it was really good. Um, Alyssa is, they mentioned it in the description for Goodreads. Alyssa is half Puerto Rican, half white. Um, and so that was an interesting kind of plot point throughout the story too, is how she kind of balances this like feeling of being not white enough and not Puerto Rican enough. And so she doesn't really fit in with the Puerto Rican girls, but she doesn't really fit in with the white girls either. And this like fine balance that she has to do to kind of fit in with her peers and feel like she kind of knows who she is. So that um, is all kind of framed around this big day. So. I really liked it. I thought it was really good. I remember when you first showed us this book, I thought it's a very happy looking cover for such an intense topic. Yeah. But then you did point out, oh, like the towers are in the background and like that you do see on the cover that that's, that's probably going to be talked about. Yeah. Yeah. And the author talks about in her author's note that like she kept a diary like religiously like every day came home from school wrote in her diary about what her day was like and doodled and that was like the one day she didn't write and she said that she she just must have been like so traumatized by it and like so shocked that she didn't know what to say so the book is actually like her recollections from that day and then um friends recollections and notes and diaries and things like that and what they said but the big thing she pointed out was that when she looked back at family photos, every family photo that they took was like the towers were in their pictures. Mm -hmm. So it was like a huge piece of her life and piece of the lives that like a lot of kids lived in New York City, especially. So, yeah, it was it was interesting. It's like it is a really happy cover. She's like skipping down the sidewalk, but then in the background, you see the Twin Towers. And so you're kind of like, wait a minute, this takes place pre 9-11. This has to be you know, centered around that. So, yeah. yeah. That sounds really neat. I think the graphic novel element probably added a lot to the story. And um, I remember you were talking about it, but it, that it talks a lot about 9-11, but it also talks about other facets of her life. Yeah. And I feel like that's just a really interesting concept because I feel like so many books that have anything to do with 9-11 are like 9-11 and that's it. Yeah. We don't talk about the rest of life. And it's like, we, we then... Are teaching children this history of this is something that you couldn't have ever experienced well no it is though yeah you yeah. know this this happened on a day that's like any other day in the lives of people that's like any other life and it just so happened to be this horrific day yep yeah right up until then she's just a normal kid doing normal kid stuff and mm -hmm. worrying about normal kid things she her crush gives her a rose and uh, it's one of the funnier parts of the book. Her crush gives her a rose and they start going out. And like almost as soon as he's her seventh grade boyfriend, she's like, I don't even remember why I like this guy. <laughs> and then she like, they, you know, break up after a couple of months. And then she like finds the rose like all crusty and dried up in her like closet one day. And she's just like, oh yeah, this year was so weird. Like this year was like, there were things that I, Tre like treasured and valued and loved that like don't seem that significant anymore in the grand scheme of things and but she's still a teenager and so she's like and there'll be other boys you know yeah. it's like it's all framed around her 
growing up too. So I really like that. Well, and I think a more recent piece of history is the COVID pandemic. And yeah. I, I think that as kind of we go past this, for me, 9-11 is a little bit further away. I was very young and I have very little to no memory of it. So to have that and to think about books that will be written about that as well. And again, teaching future generations. I think it's so critical to have books that aren't intimidating to read that also discuss these things. So we don't want this history to be something that they don't see because it's scary. Yeah. Yeah, I think graphic novels can get a bad rap sometimes. Like some people, not us I'm in this room, but some people <laughs> think that like graphic novels don't count as reading. But a lot of younger kids in the middle grade age group, they love graphic novels. And so having something like this about historical events is like a great introduction to a serious topic that they might not have read about otherwise. Yeah, yeah, yeah I agree. I love that. That's such a great point, Alexis. And what a perfect segue into another <laughs> graphic novel. Yes, I also read a graphic novel. My book is called Tales of a Seventh Grade Lizard Boy by Jonathan Hill. Um, I'll go ahead and read a little bit of the Goodreads description. So it says, threatened with diminishing resources, Booger Lizig and his family flee their lizard community deep below Earth's crest to survive among the humans. The Lizig family of Elberon now passes as the Tompkins family of Eagle Valley. Quote, Tommy Tompkins wears a human face to school, but can't seem to fit in no matter how he looks. The basketball team becomes a pipe dream when bullies label him as a bug eater. And only Doong Tran, an immigrant from Vietnam and fellow outsider, sees Tommy for who he is inside, which is nothing like the outer space lizard invaders on TV's hottest series. <laughs> Can their friendship survive the truth? Um, and then it sort of talks about some of the awards that authors won. But um, my Goodreads review is much more brief than Caroline tends to write. <laughs> I just said that I picked this book up because the title was silly but it's actually a really excellent and thoughtful story about immigration and fitting in. Um, so a fun fact about me, and one of the reasons I picked up this book is that I played Dungeons and Dragons and my first ever character was a lizard person. Aww. Um, so when I saw a book about a lizard boy, I was like, oh, I must read that. I have such a connection with lizard characters. <laughs> um, and I was like, oh, that just sounds funny. Um, but reading it, I didn't realize it was gonna be so serious. Well, it's still very funny, but it covers like the topic of fitting in and Tommy really struggling with making friends at this new school in this new world because he is a lizard boy. He's not used to being around humans at all. <laughs> and it's essentially an immigration story, which I also relate to. I moved countries when I was a child. Um, and the author is from a Vietnamese immigrant family. So it's very connected with his past and having the Vietnamese characters in here. Um, and at the end, there's a really adorable author's note where he talks about um, Vietnamese cuisine. Uh, the, one of the characters in the book gets bullied for bringing to school. And he talks about how it's so important to have that represented in books mm -hmm. and um, just how connected he felt with the characters in this story. So I really love this one. I'd recommend it to basically anyone. I love that. Just the exactly what you said about why you picked it up when you told us that you were reading this book. I was like, Seventh grade lizard boy, like that sounds so silly, and I love that. I know you were talking a lot about how it, that did carry through, like it did feel like a silly story with also the really serious and different application elements than maybe what would be right on the surface, right? So like you saw that it was about immigration, but like would a kid? Maybe, maybe not, depending on their experience, right? So I love that. 
That sounds really cool. Yeah, the silliness definitely carries throughout, like, the main character, Tommy, he has this issue where he hates human food, and so that's why he gets caught eating bugs at school, because he just hates his school lunches, but then he really bonds with his friend Doong, because Doong brings Vietnamese food to school, and Tommy tries that, and it's the first human food that he enjoys. Oh, that. Tommy loves it. That's good. Yeah, I really do love that, like, we get to see two characters who are from different backgrounds and who don't fit in with everybody else, like bonding over that and like hopefully like growing into being accepted by their peers. Um, so we all, I mean, we do, we all come from different backgrounds and different families and it's so important that like, you know, if we're all bringing lunch to school or to work and we smell smells that we're not familiar with or we see food that we're like, what is that? Would you eat that? It's like, this is someone's culture and it's somebody's like family history and it means a lot to them and it's important to them and and it's probably not weird to them like eating a bug is probably not weird to Tommy it's like that's that's my food it's what I have to eat I'm a lizard boy so that's cool I like that a lot I love that and even without the the concept of acceptance by other people I think accepting each other as these two people from two different backgrounds is so huge I can't tell you how many friends I've had over the course of my life who maybe we weren't accepted by the rest of the group, but we still had each other and that was really valuable too. Yeah. yeah. I love a story about misfits coming together. It's like my favorite trope. I love that so it much. So <laughs> this sounds so cute. Okay, so my book that I read um, is a little bit more on the older side. When we were talking about um, these books, we were kind of aiming for like seventh grade. So I was doing some research we had a resource that said that this book was good for seventh grade. I disagree. So we'll get into that in a little bit. This one I would say is more like early high school. I would I would suggest like ninth grade. Um, it's called The Selection. It's by Kira Cass. Um, it's the first book in a series of five and I'm almost halfway through the fifth book right now. I've been kind of working my way through the audios on this series for a little while. So I'm gonna go ahead and read the Goodreads description. Um, for 35 girls, the selection is the chance of a lifetime, the opportunity to escape the life laid out for them since birth, to be swept up in a world of glittering gowns and priceless jewels, to live in a palace and compete for the heart of gorgeous Prince Maxon. But for America's singer, being selected is a nightmare. It means turning her back on her secret, lo secret love with Aspen, who is a cast below her, leaving her home to enter a fierce competition for a crown she doesn't want living in a palace that is constantly threatened by violent rebel attacks. Then America meets Prince Maxon. Gradually, she starts to question all the plans she's made for herself and realizes that the life she's always dreamed of may not compare to a future she never, may not compare to a future she never imagined. So this book is like a, it's in our teen sci-fi section. Um, it's like a dystopia type book, but I don't feel like it necessarily has all of the elements of a typical dystopia. It also has some elements of just like a generic like princess story, <laughs> more like, I wouldn't even say fantasy. I don't even know what to term that, but um, it is set post World War IV. So there's Ooh. that. <laughs> um, the United States no longer exists. That's what the um, community, and I can't remember called for the life of me um the, but the country that prince maxon is the prince of is called is is in the united states um so it's kind of got that vein there um it's a really interesting point of view on like different cast situations i think it's something that we would all say we agree with that just like the caste system is so unfair and um 
because of the caste system, the boy that America Singer is initially in love with is somebody she can't have because he's lesser than her. Um, and so they're kind of trying to figure that out as far as how are they going to get their parents to accept that they want to be together. They're all, you know, seeing each other in secret and things like that. Um, and then America gets encouraged by her mom and her secret boyfriend to apply for the selection because Aspen, the boy she loves, doesn't want to be the only thing that she could have had. She, he wants her to be able to explore all of her options, which I think is just a sweet way to look at it, but then becomes a whole plot point that I won't spoil. Um, it's a very interesting point of view of life in a palace, and it shows, I think, a very realistic <laughs> point of view of what that would actually be like. I think it's really easy for a lot of, especially girls, but anybody really to, to look at and say, oh, this princess life must be the best. You look at Kate Middleton, you look at, you know, like all these people who you just look at and they're these role models of these wonderful people. And I'm not saying that they're not, but um, we tend to really idolize them and look at them as these others. And I think this really provided an interesting point of view on real life and the negative aspects of poor media attention and attacks by groups that hate the monarchy or the whoever's in rule. Um, so I don't know, I thought this was a really interesting book. It really, um, America really has to work through a lot of different things as far as the way she views the world. Um, and as you keep going through the series, um, she just makes a lot of progress in the way she views the world. And then some of the books go to another generation and that has been very touching for me. So I won't keep spoiling because I don't want um, anybody who wants to read it to know exactly what happens. But um, I would highly recommend this book. I really love dystopia type books. And um, it really is neat to think outside the box while also being able to relate it to your own life. That is cool. That's one I feel like we see on the shelf a lot and mm -hmm. like we pull it for um, people's holes a lot. And it's something that I've been like, oh, I should read that. This is clearly really popular, but I just have not come around to yet. So no. now that we've heard you talk about it, I'm like, I think I might, I, it might be time soon to pick that up. I was shocked when I was going through Goodreads when I was putting this on because I listened to the audiobook. Um, I very rarely have time to sit down and read through an actual book very often anymore. But I listened to the audio and as I was scrolling through looking for the audio, it's been translated in I can't even tell you how many languages. Wow. This book, I don't know if it's like a bestseller technically, but I kept scrolling through and I've seen all these languages that I'm like, I would never think that that would be a language that we would be talking about a book written in the U.S. You know, it was I, it was very popular when it came out. So, cool. yeah, I think it came out like just before that big dystopian wave of like mm -hmm. the early 2010s. I think it yeah. was just before then. So I think it really was popular. I haven't read it either. Again, me judging books by their cover. Uh, it's just like a girl with a big ball gown. So I was like, oh, that's yeah. a princess story. I'm not interested. But I yeah. really was into all those dystopians at the time. So I'm surprised I never read it. Yeah. the It was actually published in 2012. Oh, that's okay. interesting. I was thinking it would have been like pre-Hunger Games. I think yeah. Hunger Games was 09. So, so right, yeah, in that right, in that, right in that wave. Yeah, but not... I don't think because the cover is a princess, like a girl in a ball gown, princess dress, I don't think that the, the dystopia of that era really 
connected with it because I feel like those were a lot tougher mm -hmm. as far as even what they looked like, whereas this looks like a girly book, but I would say it's not. Yeah, I think that was the impression I always got from it too, was like, yeah, you'll get like Hunger Games, um, Trying to think. Divergent. Yeah, Divergent, like I Am Number Four, The Hundred. Those books yeah. like very much give you the vibe of like something is not right here. Mm -hmm. But yeah, when you look at the cover of the selection, it's like, oh, yeah. is Pretty this the Bachelorette but with princesses? <laughs> like this looks like so much fun. Um, it kind which of is. It kind yeah. of is. Yeah, it kind of is. But it's got that dystopian twist. So that's definitely. I was in the same boat. Like that 2012, 2013 was when. Hunger Games was being made into a movie. Mm -hmm. And so that's when I was like, oh, that's right. That book came out. It was, I was in high school when the book came out. So every book came under my radar because yeah. I had to read for school and that made it not fun. So, yeah. so yeah, I definitely feel like that's a time when I would have really enjoyed that, but just didn't, I never pick it up. So yeah. it's time. I think it's yeah. time. Don't judge a book by its cover. Yeah. That's the lesson. Yeah. <laughs> lesson learned. If it looks like a girly princess book, you would be wrong. Well, I mean, sometimes, sometimes. you wouldn't be. <laughs> Let's all be honest. We work with kids. There's yeah. plenty of books that are girly princess books out there. So, And I like what you said, too, about like this giving people like a more realistic view of royalty. Because I think it's like to that point, we see like Disney movies. Oh, so and true. that's where as a kid, you're like... I want to be Cinderella. I want to be a princess. And it's like, oh, it's not all it's cracked up to be. Mm -hmm. It's not all it's cracked up to be. And it's got a lot of, there are a lot of negative things along with it too. So yeah. we, need, we need more fictitious literature telling us the truth about being a princess. Absolutely. It's not yes. what I think it is. Being a person is hard enough as it is, yeah. much less the added pressure of a position like that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you guys so much. This has been so fun just to talk about some middle grade to early high school reads. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope it's been helpful for anybody who might be looking for a new read, whether you're a grown up and you're into graphic novels or middle grade high school things, or if you're looking for um, somebody younger in your life, or if you are the younger in your life and you're looking for something, I hope that this has been helpful. You can always reach out to the library for book suggestions as well. If something along these lines sounds cool, but maybe you've already read it, you can always just let us know. Um, we're always happy to match people up with their next favorite read. So we hope you'll join us again for another episode of Shelf Logic. This has been Sierra. And Caroline. And Lexis. And we thank you so much for joining us. Have a great rest of your day. Thank you for listening to Shelf Logic. Make sure to hit subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. Follow us on social media where we are at MCLDAZ.